welcome you to God-Sized Living. Today we're going to continue uh, 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 really trying to answer a question that we we asked last week. And the, the question is, when were you saved? You know, it seems like a pretty simple question, but as you start to really dig into the scriptures, you, you discover there's a little bit of complexity to it. Uh, last week we turned back to Daniel chapter 7, where... Daniel is really sharing with us a dream that he has had 14 years prior to the collapse of Babylon at the hands of the Persians. Now, in the course of sharing his dream, he, he makes reference to four winds that are blowing across the sea and then begins to describe some creatures that come out of the sea. Now, we're going to get into those creatures a little bit next week. Uh, each of them representing a different empire, which is, is the primary point of the dream itself. But before we get into those, there's this, this reference to these winds that I think really points us in the direction of questions that people raise up about the subject of, of conversion or the question, when were you saved? Uh, what we looked at last week is the fact that the four winds that we see, um, that are, are raging across the ocean as Daniel begins this dream are really not new to the story of the Bible. Uh, we've seen them before. Uh, we've seen them in the book of Revelation, uh, chapters 6 and 7. And remember with me, in the Revelation, what John is doing is he's, he's giving people a picture of what is going to happen on planet Earth uh, during the time period actually that we're living in today, prior to the return of of Jesus Christ. And uh, the first sequence that John uses to describe what's going on on earth in this, these last times involves what we call the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the different horses that are riding across the earth, each one of them bringing uh, really some horrible things. And then when you get to the seventh seal that uh, seals up the, the book that uh, is being opened up by Jesus, the, the Lamb, you, you discover that there are these four winds. But here, here's what's significant. In the Revelation, the four winds are being held back by four angels. In other words, they're not blowing across the ocean yet, as they were in the book of Daniel. And we discover that chronologically, actually, uh, though we find these four winds in the last book of the Bible, the Revelation, the Revelation is describing something that goes on prior to what Daniel is experiencing. So these four winds are being held back, and then when they get their released, now history begins to take place, and Daniel describes what he's seeing at his time, and his point in, in history, these winds that are now blowing across the sea. So when you look at the Revelation, the question is, is raised up. What is, why is God holding these four winds back? Well, here, here's what we're told. The four winds are held back for a purpose, and that is so that God could seal or set in place all of those who would come to live. He hasn't even, he hasn't even brought the world about yet. He has not even spoken those words, let there be. But he's already sealed those who would live and who in faith, through conversion, would trust in, believe in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to their salvation. So 
I think all of this really helps us raise up some, some questions about how, how people talk about conversion, about how, how they are saved. Now, what I've come to, to believe is that there are really four different perspectives people have when they think about or talk about the when of their faith. When, when, when were you saved? So the first perspective is what I call a more subjective perspective. Uh, this perspective postures conversion primarily as an act of man towards God. So if I took this perspective, I might say something like this. When, when was I saved? Well, I, I was saved on such and such a date or when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. All of us have heard that. My goodness, growing up in Texas, I got to hear a lot of people tell me, hey, May 15th, you know, 1976, or I, I was, people just would point to things. I was saved when this happened to me. Uh, so I, I think of it this way. There's, there's no way it's, 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 it's not, it's not in a way wrong to recognize that in conversion, that there is a giving of one's life to Jesus. And that's, that's good. But this perspective raises up a question that I like to call the, the question of the chicken and the egg. Do, do we give our lives to God and then the spirit works faith in us? In other words, do I say, okay, God, I, I trust you. I am give my life, make a decision for you today. And now, now the spirit works in faith in us or, or is the reason cause of my faith, a work initiated by the spirit of God that, that allows me to say, I give my life to you, Lord. So we don't have the space to delve too deeply into this, but whenever the chicken and egg question is raised, I always like to take people to the book of Ephesians chapter two, verses one to nine, and help them just remember what Paul is, is saying here. I'm just going to read these, Lord, would you give us your insight through these words? Here's what Paul writes, Ephesians chapter two, verse one, he writes, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he's loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you've been saved and raises us up with him and seats us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he may show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus for by grace you've been saved through faith this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So pointedly, what Paul's reminding us of is that our conversion is really about what? What God does in us. And then through the faculties that he's given us, our minds, our reason, our mouths that confess, our hearts that are turned over him, we, we trust in Jesus Christ the chicken and the egg, which comes first. Cl clearly, 
in Ephesians, Paul is pointing us to the work of God. The Spirit proceeds. So that's kind of the first perspective. When when were you saved? If I'm going to say uh, I've when I made this decision for the Lord, I really have to go back and, and recognize that before I made any decision, God was already working in me. God is the doer of conversion. Now, here's the second perspective. The second perspective answers the question this way. When, when was I saved? Well, I was saved at approximately 3 p.m. on a Friday that we call good. I call this the objective perspective. And there's some truth to it. This perspective takes us, of course, to the cross on Good Friday, where Jesus, in an objective way, died for the sins of every human being who has ever and will ever live. And I do mean everyone who has or will ever live. Sometimes this throws people. Someone will ask me, now, are you saying that Jesus paid for the sins of Hitler? What about bin Laden? You're not saying he paid for the sins of Putin. Yeah. We are saying that. Why? Because Jesus' payment for sin on the cross is for all. No, no one's excluded. But here's what we're not saying. We're not saying through this perspective that all are saved. Why? Because Jesus' death is the objective component of salvation. Whereas conversion, what happens when the Holy Spirit works, faith in us is the other or the subjective component, without, without which a person is not saved. Put it, kind of put it together. It's right to say that in a sense, I was saved at 3 p.m. on a Friday that we call good, i.e. Good Friday on the cross. But this really doesn't fully capture the reality of the subjective conversion that happened to me when the Spirit worked faith in me. So again, it's not a, a wrong perspective. It's just not complete. So, so what's the third perspective? Third perspective on the question of conversion is centered in the words of St. Paul in Romans chapter 10. I want you to just listen to these words. Here Paul is describing how faith is created in a human being, i.e. conversion. He writes Romans 10 verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. When was I saved? Well, we're all saved when through the word the Holy Spirit works faith inside of us that subjectively trusts that what Jesus did for me on the cross has saved me. This could happen through proclamation. It could happen sacramentally as the word is proclaimed through baptism in which the spirit is at work. It's Jesus' promise. But it's word-centered, recognizing that through his means of grace, God is the actor and we are the recipients of faith. That's the heart of conversion. Conversion is God at work in us. So finally, then, there's that, that perspective that John in the Revelation and Daniel in our scripture uh, here today gives us. When, when were you saved? I was saved when God sealed me as his own prior to uttering the first words, let there be. Now, I, I don't know about you, but that perspective the perspective that Daniel draws out in our, our scripture in chapter 7 since chills down my spine to know that you were loved by God, purposed by God before the oceans or dirt or the sun or the sky ever even came into being. I read 
I read this scripture and look at what Daniel is, is telling us through this dream. And, and it just raises up a couple of thoughts that I want to leave you with today. I want you to think about your conversion this week. I'm going to give you just two questions that I want you just to ponder. The first question is very simply. If someone were to ask you, when were you saved, how would you answer them? What, what would your answer be? Do you, do you point to the, the cross on Good Friday? You can. That's, that's the objective work of God. Do you point to some moment in your life? Do you point to your baptism? You, you can. God is working through it. Do you point to, to a word that, that came into you in, a, in another way, in a proclaimed way? How, how do you answer that question? Secondly, if someone were to ask you what your conversion or faith means to you, how would you answer? Does the fact that I'm converted mean that I'm, that I'm perfect? Or does it mean that I'm perfected and being perfected in Christ Jesus? Well, does it mean that I, I stopped sinning at that point in my life? Or, or does it mean that I became a work of God and, and that God continues that work in me today? How, how do you say to somebody, so what, what God does, he does. And actually in all of our lives, we, we have to go back to that moment before time in which Daniel is reminding us that God is sealing. He sealed people for his time and his purposes. And he sealed you. And he sealed me. And he's given us a calling in life to, to go out with a word that is, is able to bring others to faith. Well, that's it for this week. I, I really do want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, it always means a great deal to me to have you be part of this podcast. Uh, if, if this content is helpful to you, I encourage you to share it with someone else. Know that I'm going to be praying for you this week, and I'm going to ask that you pray for me. Until next time, have a God-sized week.